Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dan McTagg joins us. Canadians for Affordable Energy President, also 18 years a Member of Parliament, a Liberal Member of Parliament with uh, Jean Chrétien and the Paul Martin government. Dan, before we talk about uh, fuel prices, and boy, they're going up. Uh, before we talk about that, what's your sense about what's going on in, uh, in, in the nation's capital? You spent almost two decades there as a member of, uh, of Parliament. And when you hear about what took place at the National War Memorial and uh, the st- what was done to the Terry Fox statue, you know, that's just absolutely reprehensible, disgusting behavior. Yeah, and you know, it is extraordinarily uh, silly, stupid, uh, beyond uh, excusable uh, to have had either of those events take place. Um, I appreciate it's a large crowd. I appreciate that uh, there are a lot of frustrations out there, but there are certain things you don't do. But I'm not so sure that you're going to get in a crowd of tens of thousands of people, everybody who is you know level-headed and uh Obviously, there are some elements, that, as in any demonstration, uh, who uh, have a tendency to take things a little too far. Uh, but I think it's important not to lose sight of what this is all about and that this is really an example, a demonstration of extreme frustration in Canada. Um, with, uh, you know, it, it may be a minority, it may be, you know, uh, somewhere near half and half, but there, it, it, it's important for Ottawa and I mean political Ottawa, but also the city of Ottawa itself, to be remindful that respect runs two ways. And that, uh, you know, what we're seeing here is full evidence of people who've done very well, government jobs, sinecures, living off the taxpayer, working very hard as they are, while other people are suffering. And, uh, you know, if Ottawa was insensitive to this, it's certainly a reality that's been brought to them. Um, Unfortunately, it will likely only be these two events uh, of the defacing uh, of and disrespect of both the cenotaph and uh, the Terry Fox statue uh, is pretty much the takeaway everyone will will have. Unfortunately, it's going to continue to uh, paper over a much larger frustration in this country. The well, well which, here's uh, here's what here's what they could have done, and I'll accept that when you have thousands of people who are massing in one area, that you're always going to have some. Uh, who are be going to step outside the lines, and that was expected. This 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 was not unexpected. But what I would have expected is of people who were there to genuinely protest their concerns. If you see the National War Memorial being desecrated, if you see the Terry Fox statue being assaulted uh, or uh, junk hung on it, if you see the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, if you see if you see these particular national um, memorials and treasures Treasure, being yeah. assaulted. Do something about it. Yeah. Don't stand there and just jeer and cheer or whatever was going on. Stop it. Stop it from happening. There's enough of you there to do that. And I think in any different time, I shouldn't say this, but maybe at a different time and a different emotional peak or level, people would have stepped up, at least I hope so, to say this is not going to happen. We're not going to let this happen because yeah. this, these, these, these particular areas, these memorials, are significant to us as, a, as Canadians and as yes, a country. Only takes a couple of yahoos to ruin. Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is that problem. what I'm saying, Dan, is that people who were there so, seeing it going on, and who disapproved what was going on, 
I'm, I'm hoping there were many, should have stepped up and stopped it. Perhaps they did. I don't know, Roy. I, I do know that the uh, we are focusing on something like this that is extraordinarily important, but we're seeing not seeing the forest for the trees. And I, I guess this is not something that I uh, that I that makes any Canadian happy. Uh, yes, responsible people should have come to the to the point, but I have not uh, in my time this week spending quite a bit on uh, dealing with fuel and energy issues. I have note noted there's a lot of tweaking of the noses, the Speaker of the House, the threats of violence. The, we tended to focus on what this thing wasn't yeah. as opposed to no, what I get it was. It. I, I don't disagree with unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, they've lost the plot. Yeah, and, and uh, the frustration level, I mean, I see it in emails, I see it in texts, I hear it in phone calls. Uh, this has been going on for some time, obviously, and it's been growing, and it's been getting louder and more insistent. And uh, it's there has to be a response from the federal government. Now, I don't expect the government to, to step up and say, well, we're just going to do away with the vaccine mandate. They won't do that, as you well know. But there has to be. People have to be listened to and they have to be heard. Um, or I'm assuming, there, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Do you think there's a chance that the uh, the government, that the government of Mr. Trudeau, will say, okay, we've heard you, we've reconsidered, we've thought about it, we're going to lift the vaccine mandate because we agree with the protesters and we agree with the no. Canadian Chamber of Commerce and we agree with uh, you know the various bodies and the premiers who've said the timing of this of this vaccine mandate is terrible. Do you think there's a chance? No, no, and there they are hard left in their views. They're convinced this is uh, the way to... You know, work with a, a, a determined group of people out there who want uh, complete lockdowns, who don't care. As I mentioned earlier, people who get paid for sitting at home, do their work from home, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are people who don't have to worry about uh, how to make payroll, how to you know keep their business alive, how to be able to pay their bills at the end of the month, how to look after their families. There's a lot of frustration here. It's not just about, obviously, vaccines, and I think that's where... Uh, this government has, I wouldn't just said fail to appreciate this. I think this government has encouraged people uh, to to act in a way and to to take their uh, their views out in public demonstration in the dead cold of winter uh, in a very inhospitable place. Yeah, if it's a uh, Dan, if it's point. a if it's a political calculation, and it may well be, uh, if it's a political calculation, they also know that polling shows nationally that vaccinated Canadians don't necessarily think very highly of unvaccinated Canadians, and that's putting Canadian against Canadian, and here goes my email again. Um, you know, I'm going to have a thousand extra emails in the next 60 minutes. That's fine. Express your thoughts of you, and I'll read what I can on the air. Look, we were going to talk about gasoline, but I wanted to talk about this because this is gasoline on the national fire. What, can you stick around a little bit? I can. Because yeah. I can't let you go without talking about what's going to happen, what's happening <laughs> okay. with gas prices. I, I had a guy a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned it on the air, I was putting gas in my car, and this young man stopped behind me, was fueling uh, his car. And he, he looked at me, and, you know, he got out of his car. He was doing something. And I was standing there. The pump's going ding. Well, they don't go ding anymore, but, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's – I wish they did. But, uh, but he, he looked at me and said, how long are you going to be here? And I said, that is a very good question. <laughs> and and he, said, he said, how much gas are you putting in the car? <clears throat> excuse me, and I had a fairly long trip ahead of me, and I said, I'm just going to fill it up, and I'm going to close my eyes <laughs> and put in my PIN number <laughs> and grab the receipt and not look at it and stick it in my wallet and hit the road. I was looking at some of the gas prices in uh, in, in cities across uh, the country where we broadcast. 
In Vancouver, I saw a high of a buck sixty-three point nine. Edmonton, a buck thirty-nine-nine was the high. A buck thirty-seven-nine in Regina, Winnipeg, a buck thirty-nine-nine as well. Hamilton was uh, a buck forty-three. Uh, Toronto, a buck fifty-three point nine. Uh, and uh, gasoline and diesel are increasing in price. What is it, at a rate of three to four cents in the last week? Is is that am I right or wrong? Yeah, di- diesel's up uh, eight cents on average in the past week alone. And you know what, Roy? Two weeks ago to the day, you and I discussed uh, what's going to be increased in Canada all time record prices, and here we are. No one else followed it, but uh, thankfully, uh, at least we got that out here, and that was uh, the first opportunity to warn people of what was coming. And of course. Uh, that warning is followed with this warning. Um, we're not through this yet. Uh, prices are moving, whether we like it or not, uh, here in Ontario. If you don't like $1.50, 3.9 here in the GTA. Uh, if you don't like uh, $1.69.9 or uh, in uh, Vancouver, $1.39.9 in Calgary, you're not going to like an average price of $1.65 at some point between now and uh, just after uh, the uh, May 2-4 weekend. Uh, wh- how much? A dollar sixty-five average. So good, average. Average price. Another fifteen cents for everybody. So there are many vehicles that, because of the manufacturer's specifications, you have to use premium fuel. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the difference is usually anywhere between seven and eleven cents a liter, depending where you are in the country. But of course, we know that's where a lot of gas stations make their money. Um, they charge 32 cents, 25 cents if you're lucky. Uh, so that's where the money's being made, especially Quebec, Ontario, and places west. Uh, Maritimes, not so much. They have a controlled system there, but uh, the reality is that uh, as more cars are going to premium to uh, to bring about uh, better fuel efficiency, and they really are fuel efficient, mm-hmm. it, uh, it doesn't uh, lessen the sting. So today in Toronto, uh, uh, I was uh, filling up and saw uh, premium at 180 Hmm. So not very long before that's going to start to hit all of us sooner or later. But, uh, hey, if we go to 165 then you're $2 a liter, and that doesn't include so, what uh, Mr. Putin does. So, so yeah. So let me ask you this then. I won't ask you why it's gone up, because I do that all the time. I will ask you, could this have been avoided? Could this have been stopped? Is there a way that we, with all of our energy supplies and reserves in this country, could be better off than other countries that don't have what we have. Could we be better off? Could this have been avoided? Well, the two, an- the two questions, yeah, the, the two questions uh, can be answered in one, in one. If Canada wasn't so busy blocking pipelines for oil and its natural gas, uh, we'd have a stronger Canadian dollar. The same policy that is blocking pipelines, the green agenda, the climate agenda, is also adding significant taxes uh, to the price of fuel. So you have your 10 cent carbon tax in most provinces with HST. You have a weak Canadian dollar because we're not selling enough of our number one export raw materials like oil and gas. Mm. So that's why the Canadian dollar is so, so weak and it, it, it drives up the price of everything, including food. But uh, so the, the two things are related. If we backed off a little bit on our green policies, as they're forced to do in Europe, where they're now burning coal rather than letting windmills and solar panels get them electricity. If we were to back off on this, I think you would see prices drop dramatically. And if we were to open up our pipelines, if uh, we get with a magic wand, go back to 2015 and uh, have the Northern Gateway and Energy East pipelines, we'd be saving about 30 to 40. Yeah, well, we'd have to convince Quebec to allow that pipeline 
through the province, which is really interesting because the people of Quebec, as we've heard from the Montreal Economic Institute, the people of Quebec want oil uh, pipelines and they want their oil from Western Canada. Not so much the Quebec government, but the people of Quebec have said that. Now, look, you and I both know that governments will always try to fill the coffers. And one of the most available um, sources is the consumer's credit card. Mm-hmm. So, they're, so they're, they're always going to do this. Now, if I can just park that comment for half a second and ask you this question before I forget about it. So, a buck sixty-five is going to be the average price per liter by the time we get to the May two four weekend. Is it going to drop when we're in the summer months? Will we get some relief? And if so, how much? Uh, or well, do we not no. know? No, because I think oil prices are not reflecting the low inventories of oil globally, and those low low inventories are because you have people like Mark Carney, but around the world, woke capitalists saying no more investment in fossil fuels. At a time in which the demand is surging, say they've restricted production, and that's created a real shortage. So, uh, summer, uh, all of 2022. And I had to look at the two factors. One, on April the 1st, in good part of Canada, we get the increase uh, in our carbon tax of two and a half cents a litre. Even BC gets its from its own provincial carbon tax. And then at the end of the year, in other words, in December, we get a four cent increase in the second carbon tax, the so-called clean fuel standard. Uh, and in between that, of course, during summer, we have the summer blends of gasoline. And I'm not even, again, I mentioned earlier, I'm not even calculating, you know, the risk of Mr. Putin, uh, you know, being being a turkey and uh, trying to attack uh, Ukraine. If that happens, then, uh, I mean, Roy, a buck sixty-five will be seen as a bargain if you can find fuel in Canada. We're going to be talking about that situation a little later on the program today. Um... So we're really stuck uh, with what we have, and people are going to have to make the best of it. And, you know, my silly definition about of inflation, which Philip Cross, who was the chief statistician for, uh, for StatsCan, told us yesterday, now the McDonnell-Laurie Institute senior fellow, told us yesterday is not 4.8%, like StatsCan is saying it is, but it's more like 6% or higher. That's what Mr. Cross told us yesterday. So, yeah. so we're going to just have to live with, with the reality. And so my silly definition was, of inflation was, when you're going to the gas station or the grocery store in the same morning, and you can't afford to fill up it either. Look, uh, it's not going to end well. And there's nobody out there, including the Bank of Canada, who kept you know, holding to the idea that we have uh, transitory inflation. Yeah. We're going to look awfully stupid at the end of the year when uh, inflation is up much higher, especially when you consider housing, okay. clothing, food, and energy. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.